You're listening to Catholic Weekend, episode number 104 for the week ending Saturday, January 14th in the year of our Lord, 2012. Hello and welcome to Catholic Weekend. I'm Captain Jeff in Roswell, Georgia, and with me this morning, I have the lovely Maria Johnson. Hey, good morning, guys. How's how, uh, how's everybody doing today? Fantastic. Hello. And then also we have from Oklahoma, Steve Nelson. Hello! Happy Saturday. Can you believe we're already halfway through January? Oh my goodness. No, I can't. But I should add one more to our group of panelists. And he is... From the Crescent City, New Orleans, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie. Hello! Thank you. That's great music, by the way. It is. (laughs) I got together with some friends... (laughs) Yesterday, we recorded this. That's awesome. <laughs> it has a so, special uh, significance. Oh, hush, 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 hush. Okay. I need to catch up with Jeff for a second. How you been, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. I've been good. Been good. Been busy, you know, but been good. I mean, yeah. Christmas was awesome. I, you know, I had someone ask me the other day, how was your Christmas? I said it was fantastic. I cooked the whole time. I mean, that's, you know, my favorite place. As a Catholic foodie should be. That's right. We, we, had, okay, uh, we had people over and... Uh, it, it, it was just it was days days worth of cooking. It was fantastic. <laughs> well, if you happen to follow Jeff Young on Twitter and Facebook, tell us how you can do that, Jeff. Um, on Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com slash Catholic Foodie. And on Twitter, it's, that's the Twitter handle, Catholic Foodie. Yes, and if you'd been uh, keeping up with Jeff, he had all kinds of great uh, photos of all that wonderful food that he's been cooking and eating, and he always makes me hungry, and it's torturous for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> so don't do that i'm gonna i'm gonna have to stop following you that's what that'll fix yeah, I've, had, it. I've had a few people make comments on the uh on facebook hey like you really need to stop doing this <laughs> <laughs> i'm serious i'm sitting there like late at night you know he's an hour behind us and i'm looking at all this stuff he's eating I'm, my stomach's going Grr. what is that uh brother brogamus brogamus I forgot what the term is when your stomach <laughs> makes those noises. You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. Yeah, he's going to tell us here in a second. The grumbling, um, the grumbling. If he's still uh, in the chat room. By the way, if you're listening to this downloaded on your uh, iPhone, iPad, or just listening online, join us here every weekend, uh, usually Saturday morning, and uh, hang out in the chat room, and then you'll get to have a, the full experience, the full Catholic weekend experience. So, Jeff, tell us, uh, it's been a while since you've been on the show, and I know you're continuing to crank out uh, you know, Catholic Foodie episodes. What else is going on in your life? Uh, well, I mean, with three small children, that, that's a lot, you know. We, uh, there's always something going on. My girls have um, a gymnastics meet this afternoon, and this, you know, of course, been planned for months. Um, it's been scheduled for months. Not knowing that the Saints were going to be in the playoffs, and of course that that second game is at the same time the gym meet is today. Can uh, can you believe that? So let me guess: Are you going to go to the gym meet, or are you going to go watch the Saints? 
I'm going to try to do both. There you go. Have you seen that commercial where the guys? Typical. Have you seen that commercial where the guys uh, with like the, at this nice romantic intimate dinner with his wife or girlfriend, yeah. and he's going, oh! and goes, "You're not, you're not watching the game on your phone, are you? No." <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, I love that. <laughs> I mean, the thing about the thing about gymnastics, though, I mean, you know, you you watch everybody, of course, but really, the the two that I want to see are my two girls, and it, it's it's like you know hours between events. So I'm going to be there and and watch them, but I'm also going to have my um, believe it or not, old fashioned thing here, a small radio. You know those things, radios. No. Do people have them? Do your earbuds fit on that? Well, I had to dig mine out. It was buried under a bunch of stuff, and it needs batteries, you know, uh, like double A's, and I've got to go buy some. I mean, that's just weird. Radio. Are you going to have those great big headphones, you know, that cover your whole ear and your head, <laughs> you know? I should. That would be great, but uh, my earbuds work, so. <laughs> Every time I, I go down to our river parks, I see this guy who's still got the old cassette Walkman and the big uh, the big headphones and, and not rollerblades, but roller skates that he goes up and down. It's I feel like I'm back in 1975. <laughs> oh, my. Is he wearing short shorts? Uh, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> so I'm starting to see a theme here with Steve skating. <laughs> it's not a it's not a hipster. It's somebody who's just caught in the in the past. That's hilarious. <laughs> he reminds me of the bus driver on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you see you know that that canned soup commercial where where they're using the cans and the strings to communicate? Have you seen that one? Yes, the progresso. Yeah. Where they where they show the guy who was trying to be uh, get back in shape, and he's dressed like some nightmare out of the seventies. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite you know, the is the tall socks are okay, but the shorts have got to go. My favorite is the one where the where the girl is talking about you know losing the weight and how she's looking so much better in her uh, in her jeans, and he gets the guy on the other end at progresso that uh, he's going like uh huh, like. Okay, is there a is there a female there that I can talk to <laughs> that'll appreciate this? Anyway, well, hey, uh, so what has been happening this week for you, Miss Maria? Well, my nerves are all shot. Uh, we got an alarm system installed, and uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? I managed to set it off three days in a row. Did the police come each time? Well, no, we called the company to say it was a false alarm. But the third time I called, the woman on the other end says, oh, were you walking the dog again this morning, Mrs. Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> they... <laughs> oh, we got Johnson on line three again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I feel real stupid. <laughs> so now I wake up in the morning and I have this little mantra. I used to pray. Now I wake up and I start saying, disarm the alarm, disarm the alarm, disarm the alarm. So uh, She's having nightmares. Disarm yeah, the alarm, disarm the alarm. I'd like to say something on behalf of your neighbors. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. My, neighbor, my neighbors have an alarm system and the, the little, you know, alarm thing is right outside my bedroom window. <laughs> and I can't say that I'm very pleased when they accidentally set it off. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, yeah, we set it off at 2 a.m. the other night. So, oh. so Steve, uh, what's been going on with you this week? Any alarm systems being installed? or? Mm, 
I'd rather not comment on the state of <laughs> of security at my house. Okay. Well, tell me um, a little bit about uh, any personal problems you might have. Uh, maybe addictions to some kind of a liquid. Maybe coffee that you're struggling with. Uh, see, I knew when I mentioned that before we started, <laughs> you were coming this up. <laughs> well, I got to talk right, about gotta, something. Well, I could talk about what I'm going to do tonight. That's oh, what are you going to do tonight? Drink coffee. Uh, well, mm, maybe no, probably not. <laughs> uh, so you know how your 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 parish has all kinds of events through the year. You know, you got dinners and you've got movies or whatever. Well, one of the most fun events in in our diocese is going on tonight, and that is trivia night at Bishop Kelly High School. They will have a thousand people there, and they will be playing this massive trivia game. And uh, it's become a – there's no prizes that I know of, but it's become a real point of pride with uh, with people to be the winner of that game, you know. So there's a, there's heavy competition. And people recruit people to be on their team and stuff like that. And so I'm really excited I get to go and play. I love <laughs> trivia. Is there texting allowed? No. Text, they have strict, they <laughs> have, they have strict rules. You will be banned if you, uh, if you bring out your cell phone during the middle of the gameplay. Well, speaking of play, Jeff Young. Yes. Um, are, are there any teams that are playing this weekend that uh, you're interested in? Uh, I don't know. Um, I've heard there is a football game or something today. Yeah, let's uh, catch everybody up, uh, who, especially our international friends. Uh, it, this time of year in the United States, football is at a fevered, feverish pace. Um, the uh, well, uh, Professional football, that is. And what, we're down to eight teams now in the uh, playoffs? And yeah. uh, one of them is the uh, New Orleans Saints, and they are playing the San Francisco 49ers uh, this afternoon, as we just alluded to. You were talking about your, your girls' gym meet, mm-hmm. or your kids' gym. Is, are your, is your son uh, in, the, in the gymnastic stuff, too? Uh, he's not. Okay. And... So anyway, um, what do you think? Do you think the Saints are going to have what it takes to roll over the uh, 49ers? Well, I certainly hope so. Um, you know, it, it, it's a very exciting thing to understand. Down here in New Orleans, I mean, the Saints the Saints have been around for a long time. And the Saints for many, many, many years, I mean, most of my years growing up, they were called here locally, they were called the Aints because uh, they, they never won anything. And uh, we had a, a period of time when Coach Jim Mora was the, was the coach, and it, we, he was famous for his rants. I mean, he would just come out of, of after the game in the locker room, and the media's there with their cameras and microphones, and he just starts going on these rants about how much they suck. And uh, <laughs> it was amazing. But, I mean, it, this is a whole new era for us. We're not used to winning. And so what, two years ago, I believe, when we won the Super Bowl, that, that was, especially following Katrina and everything that happened after Katrina, um, it, for, it, it did wonders for this city, it, this whole area. Uh, and then again, we got, I think we got to the playoffs last year and then lost. And so now we won the first game uh, last week, and now we're playing that second game. I mean, this is um, it's just a really, really big deal for all of us down here in the Houdat Nation. You know what I'm saying? Well, I've heard I was listening to some analysts talk. Uh, oops, I don't hear myself anymore. Anyway, I was listening to some analysts uh, talking about the game, and they said that uh, the 49ers uh, probably don't have a good enough defense to uh, take on the explosive New Orleans offense. Uh, so, looks like it might be a, a good good game. 
well, I know it has to be better than that LSU game last weekend. Well, I don't know. You know, I, I thought that the uh, the best team won in that case. <laughs> Dude, how is that even possible? You know what, that though? you would think that. I know, because that's Alabama, and I went to yeah. Auburn and uh, Georgia Tech. Yeah. I don't think the best team was even playing. <laughs> We're not talking about uh, Oklahoma State anymore, Steve. That's that's ancient history. <laughs> well, you know, if Father Roderick's probably on there on the chat room going, would they stop talking about football, please? <laughs> yeah, when Maria Johnson's thinking the same thing. But okay, okay. Well, then let's talk about something that everybody can um, can uh, relate to: food. Are you going to say? Oh, there you go. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say something. You know, legit. Um, and Jeff, because he is the Catholic foodie, and this is the time of year where we're rapidly, in fact, I would guess, I live down in Mobile, they also celebrate uh, Mardi Gras. In fact, I think they celebrated Mardi Gras in Mobile before they did in New Orleans. But uh, I know that this time of year, leading up to Ash Wednesday and the uh, season of Lent, things are starting to pick up as far as Mardi Gras is concerned, right? That is correct. Um, you know that it, it's really it's amazing when you think about it, and uh, we have we're used to this as Catholics, right? We're used to seasons. We have liturgical seasons. Uh, we just celebrated Advent, which was um, four weeks long, and we actually I think it was this year that the, the longest it could be, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was a wonderful period of preparation for the coming, the the, the birth of of Jesus, and then you know we celebrate Christmas as a season. Because it's, you know, it's just too good to, to just spend one day on Christmas. We have a season. And for us down here, as soon as the epiphany hits, we start what we call the Mardi Gras season. It's not a liturgical season, but it is very much uh, something that you experience uh, keenly down here once King's Day comes and goes. So, yes, uh, Mardi Gras season has officially picked up. And uh, I think, uh, I'm going to forget right now, what is the date for... Uh, the 21st um, fat, is Fat Tuesday, if that's fat the... Fat Tuesday. Yeah. So it is kind of a short uh, a short Mardi Gras season for us this year. But the king cakes, I made my first king cake last weekend. And so that'll be a, you know, I'll probably make one, about about one a week between uh, last week and, 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 uh, and Mardi Gras day. So that it, it's just, um, I don't know, it's, it's crazy. Pretty soon... Jeff, tell me about that tradition with the king cakes. Because, you know, I see them, we have a lot of, of people in our area that came from New Orleans and just when they were temporarily, they thought they temporarily, temporarily, gosh, I can't speak today, relocated here, but they pretty much stayed. Yeah, we can't get rid of them. <laughs> we're like yeah, that. they're the ones. They're the ones who were wearing the Saints jerseys during the big Falcon game here. Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, so what's, what's the deal with this king cake thing? Yeah. Well, a king cake, uh, it's basically, a, it's, it's a brioche. That's the, the type of, of bread it is. It's not like a cake, as you would imagine, um, uh, I don't know, like a traditional birthday cake or something. It's, this is like, it's a brioche. And what they do, the tradition of it is, is several, I mean, there's a few different things that I guess kind of have accumulated over the years. But it's circular, it's round, because it refers to um, King's Day, a crown, right? For a king, and crowns tend to be round, uh, unless you're a square-headed king. And uh, uh, but but it's um, it, it goes back to this tradition of celebrating royalty 
And really for those who are not royal, almost getting to be a king for the day. And uh, there are lots of little traditions that go along with it, like the colors, the Mardi Gras colors themselves. But also um, there's a baby. Inside the king cake, there is a little baby, plastic baby, that is uh, well traditionally thought of as the baby Jesus. And of course, this all has to do with the epiphany. If you go far enough back into the history of it, you've got a king's cake. It's celebrated on the epiphany, king's day, uh, where the wise men or kings, the three kings, go to visit Jesus. So in a way, when you got together originally to celebrate this feast, you had or this, this celebration or just a party or a gathering of people having a king cake, it's kind of symbolic of how we are all searching for Jesus. Now, that's, that's a faith take on that. That's not everybody. We don't all think that way, but that's kind of where it comes from. And um, typically, king cakes aren't something you go and you buy and you just kind of snack on over, you know, throughout the week. It, it's something that is typically done for a party or an event or, or, you know, lots of people will buy them and bring them to work if they work in an office and people can share it. But the tradition is, is that whoever finds the baby has to bring the next king cake. So that, that has actually lasted all this time, uh, this, this tradition. So, okay, so I thought that was like something you did on, on Mardi Gras Day or Fat Tuesday, but that's something you do throughout this whole season leading up to Mardi Gras? That's correct. It starts on the Epiphany, huh. January 6th, which, by the way, is interesting. You know, uh, the, the church, I have to, to say this first. Um, I have a degree in theology. Um, I've been in ministry for years. I've done confirmation ministry and, and, and uh, catechesis and all kind of stuff. Um, and I've always, I, I, from a theological perspective, I'm kind of like a historical purist, right? I like uh, I, things were done originally in the church with the sacraments in such a way that, I mean, I personally, I personally believe it should still be that way. Now, I have no voice. I have no say-so. What I think doesn't really matter. But I'll give you an example. You know, traditionally, the, the sacraments of initiation is baptism, confirmation, and then Eucharist because the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. It is the high point. But a long time ago uh, in our country, actually, beyond that, in the Latin rite, you could say, for certain reasons, we separated baptism and confirmation for, I guess they would call it pastoral reasons, right? You separated it. Used to be, when I got confirmed, I got confirmed when I was in, in eighth grade. Nowadays, in the States at least, they've changed that to where you're typically 16 years old. You're a junior in high school. And to me, logically, it makes no sense at all. <laughs> no sense at all. So I'm kind of like this this uh, theological or, or, or um, historical purist, I like, I like the way it's supposed to be. And it comes, this whole concept comes into play, too, with certain feast days in the church. The bishops, and they have the right to do this, they can absolutely do it, for pastoral reasons, they move feast days around. And the thing about people down here in, the, in South Louisiana and New Orleans, we don't like change too much. And uh, the bishops have been moving the, the, the celebration of Epiphany for years now. Traditionally, it's January 6th. And this year, it was uh, January 8th is when we celebrated it liturgically. But what you see down here, culturally, everybody was celebrating <laughs> the Epiphany on the 6th with king cakes and everything else. You know, it was, it's just... Um, I don't know. I see the point. I understand the point of the, the pastoral angle. Believe me, I do. But uh, I just wish we could do it the way it's supposed to be done. 
<laughs> my way. <laughs> well, you know, on the on the topic of separating the uh, the, the confirmation, um, you know, I think a lot of kids would benefit from it being earlier too, just to have those graces, you know, that, that you get with the sacrament. Because wow, those teenage years are a rough period of time. You you need everything you can get. Well, That's I think true. that part of the problem there is that we, we our focus is not in the right place. You see, um, the argument is from a pastoral standpoint that you move it to where they're 16 so they have a better understanding of what they're doing. Now, most 16-year-olds that I have dealt with, and I've dealt with many of them over the years, don't really care, okay? Um, but that's the, our mindset, right? Our mindset is, well, we, gotta, we wait till they're older and they kind of know what they're doing and know what they're getting into. But what that does is it downplays the power and the reality of grace, because if they receive that sacrament early on, then those graces of the sacrament would be operative in their lives. And so that's, that's my humble opinion. <laughs> Your humble opinion. Well, I have a second question then for you about uh, the celebrations on the 6th. I have a friend who, um, we're not very close, but close enough to, to go to parties at each other's, right? And she's... <laughs> She's from your your part of the country, and she has some crazy superstitions and some just some wacky takes on on things. And uh, you know, every conversation is prefaced by, "Well, I'm Catholic, so." And I'm like, "When was the last time you were in church? When was the last time right. you were actually practicing?" But you know, we'll go with the cultural thing. How many people celebrating on the six were were practicing Catholics and not just kind of practicing the local culture? That's a good question. I mean, I know, I mean, liturgically, we celebrated it on the, on the 8th. Um, but the, the thing is, is that it, it is, we are very culturally Catholic down here. So much so that even the Protestants abstain from meat on Fridays during Lent. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. However, as I have, I've said this in the past and talking about, uh, certain devotions to saints, especially St. Joseph, and burying the statue and things like that. Y'all have heard of that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, and no. is there is there something also St. Joseph's bread? Uh, well, we have, uh, I know down here we have these, and it's also, this is an Italian thing, it's um, St. Joseph altars uh, mm-hmm. that they have, they celebrate um, for his feast day. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a big family event, it's tons of food, but that goes back to Sicily, that's a... Um, we just happen to have a lot of Italians down in this part of the country. Um, but the, what I have, the way I have talked to people, especially as a, from a catechetical standpoint, about the burying the St. Joseph statue to sell your house, on the one hand, it's kind of superstitious. You know, uh, On the surface, it can appear to be very, very superstitious. But in our day and age where we are so intellectual and we, we over-intellectualize everything, it seems, especially the faith. For a lot of people, burying a statue out in their yard to sell their house will be the first time they've actually done something, like physically done something in, in a way that for them, it's stepping out in faith, that this is really out of my hands and I'm turning it over to God or to St. Joseph or whoever. And so in a way, in the, in the, in the, in the, the world of grace, if you will, the way God sees things, that that can be a good thing for that person, and it, and it could lead them closer to God in a way. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so in a lot of ways, I think that happens too with the cultural Catholicism that we see down down here. Because when, when things happen 
in life, in the, in the, in the country, in politics, whatever, that starts to tread on that cultural Catholicism, something that we hold dear, then all of a sudden people start waking up and saying, well, wait, we can't do that. And they start thinking, well, why can't we do that? And that may lead them, hopefully, to think more deeply about God and about faith. Well, I like that very much because I think that all of us really, you know, I mean, pick an ethnic group. We, we all kind of suffer a little bit from whatever the, the, the cultural celebrations are by, by I guess, by ethnicity. Um, mm-hmm. But that's really, I mean, it, it's an encouraging idea what you were talking about because, uh, you know, all the Holy Spirit needs is, is just, you know, that little one place to get in. That's right. Well, you hear the music coming up in the background. That means it's time for our first break. And we're going to resume this great conversation after we uh, get back from this break. And you're listening to Catholic Weekend with our special guest, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie. Okay, now a little bit of information about our SQPN 2012 giving campaign. Uh, Looking at the website, looks like we're up to about $60,000, not quite halfway to our goal of $140,000. Remember, we need this money to continue to operate, to uh, be uh, an agent of the new evangelization uh, using new media. And uh, that's what we do here at SQPN. So if you enjoy our shows and you uh, believe in our mission, please donate if you haven't done so already. And it's really easy to do. All you have to do is you head over to sqpn.com, click on the Donate tab, and uh, there's a a lot of easy ways to make that happen. And uh, for those of you who already donate to SQPN, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Anything to add about the uh, campaign, Steve? Well, you know, we're really hoping that uh, people will will desire to be monthly contributors and become what we're calling friends of SQPN because um, that's that's going to be a, a great way to become a part of the community in a in a in a different way and so um, you know certainly if you'd like to give a one-time donation that's that's certainly very generous but we're hoping that we, we will have people that will like to give on a monthly basis and uh, and become a you know a recurring member of the uh, of the community in that way so consider that yeah you know there's that's just one of many ways to help out sqpn another is if you want to sponsor uh, one of the sqpn shows again you can do that by going to the uh, website and clicking on donate or sponsor and it's very affordable if you have a business that uh, you want to you know get your message out there uh, regarding whatever you're selling uh, or doing with your business or if you have some other personal cause you want to uh uh promote that's the way mm-hmm. to do it we've had quite, uh, quite a few people lately that have been sponsoring father roderick's show the break um but uh we haven't had anybody for our show for a while so i know be nice i was gonna say uh our show this morning is sponsored by the crickets <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by jiminy cricket and his friends <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to get your message out there to, like, about a dozen people who are uh, listening to the show, no, I'm just kidding, much more than that, uh, consider it, or uh, one of the uh, other SQPN shows, head over to uh, sqpn.com. Hey, can I say a quick word about our listenership? Sure. 
Um, we have some new numbers that came out recently on our uh, on our downloads and stuff, and, we, and I think we've seen about a 25-30% increase uh, in the last month or so. So thank you all for uh, for listening to the show. Absolutely. Yeah, and some of the shows are just seeing huge numbers coming in as far as downloads are concerned, especially the entertainment-slash-culture shows that we have. The Secret Series is one of the most popular. In fact, this would be a good time to kind of go over the – a little rundown of what's been happening with SQPN this past week. Um, you know, the CEO and founder of SQPN, Father Roderick, uh, he put out a another episode of The Break. And in, in it, he talked about getting organized in the new year, fighting the flood. Uh, it was interesting. He was talking about uh, Hans Brinker. I guess, you know, we all know, know the story here in the United States about uh, the uh, little Dutch boy that stuck his finger in the dike to uh, prevent this huge catastrophe. Apparently, according to Father Roderick, that's something that nobody in the Netherlands knows anything about. It's just an American thing. Um, he talked about. I thought it was it was just a you know they wanted to keep panic down so they didn't tell the people. You know, <laughs> everything's fine. Everything's fine. Move on. I mean, when I think of when I think of Holland or the Netherlands, I think of um, windmills, tulips, and uh, that guy putting his finger in the dike. Oh. Not the little wooden shoes. Oh, on the wooden shoes too. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that one. Anyway, he also talked about Stargate Universe, uh, Star Trek Voyager, and Star Trek Two. Sherlock Holmes, the two, the movie. I've seen it; it's awesome. Um, new consistory and uh, SQPN's goals for 2012. So check out the break. Uh, let's see. I talked about the Secret series, Secrets of the Hobbit, a new episode this week, taking a detailed look at the first official trailer of the Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey. And I'm not sure when that's supposed to be coming out. Is that next year? Or is that 2014, 2013? I'm not sure. Uh, Secrets of Middle Earth, another new episode of that. Uh, they explore the mysterious Miramir. I have no idea what that is. And learn more about the ancient history of the dwarves. After that, we venture back into Moria or Moria in search of the endless stair. Hmm. And another Secrets show, Secrets of Pan Am. Uh, we recorded that on, um, I think, Thursday. Uh, and I, I am a, in a very, very small portion of it. I was in my car uh, driving between Charlotte and Orlando, and uh, my signal wasn't very good. So I uttered a few words, and that was about it. So it's actually a really good episode because I'm not in it. Uh, oh, we talk about the <laughs> latest episode of Pan Am on ABC, Secrets and Lies. And uh, Secrets of Tin Tin, another new episode of that, The Cigars of the Pharaoh. And uh, I believe they're Cubans. I'm not sure. Um, David Hanlos and Father Roderick follow in the footsteps of Tintin in an adventure that takes him from Egypt to India on a quest to unravel the mystery of the cigars of the Pharaoh. Um, our new affiliate, Jimmy Aiken, we just introduced that last week. Uh, he has a new one out. In fact, he recorded it later that day, last Saturday afternoon. Sin and Adult Baptism, Taxes and Abortion, Mary and Communion, Dungeons and Dragons. A really interesting show. A lot of great questions that he tackled. One of which, and we may want to talk about this in the show, I was kind of astonished by, and I think I've been teaching. I'm an RCIA teacher, and... Uh, I've been putting out some bad information, apparently. Uh, we'll talk about that maybe when we come back from this uh, this little break. But uh, talking about uh, adult baptism and whether or not sins are actually absolved or not. Uh, the iPilgrim podcast. Um, a new episode of that. I guess I kind of um, 
made you guys feel bad about not having, not having one in a while, Steve? No, we were always planning to record. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. They talked about um, the the year in in review of 20, 2011 and the possibility of doing a Camino in 2012. And uh, Steve talked with a meeting with uh, Sandy in uh, Arizona. Uh-huh. And uh, what else would you like to tell us about the I Pilgrim podcast? Well, you know, um, it's uh, it's primarily about the uh, pilgrimage route in Santiago de Compostela in Spain, but uh, we're hoping to to branch out into some other areas. We're still con- considering how to do that, but uh, um, anyway, it's a fun show. I really like uh, it's a it's an interesting combination of people, and I was really glad to have finally had the chance to meet Sandy. I mean, yeah, because we. Um, you know, we've been on the show for a long time, but we've never actually met. And Deborah and Sandy have not met yet. Yeah, Sandy uh, sounds like a very energetic person. She sounds like a, a wonderful person. Um, so check out iPilgrim Podcast. Even if you've not done, I've not done a pilgrimage uh, in uh, Spain or any kind of pilgrimage, actually. And I thought it was a great show. Oh, hold on. I bet you have. Oh, I have? <clears throat> yes, you have. Anytime you go someplace that you intend to go is oh. a pilgrimage. Okay. I'm just saying. Then I guess I've done many, many pilgrimages. <laughs> so why should I even listen to the iPilgrim podcast? That's right. So that you can do longer and more formal pilgrimages. Oh, okay. All right. You know, so, even, even if there's a church in your diocese that you've always wanted to go to, you can make a pilgrimage to that church. That is true, especially in the Jubilee year. Uh, Catholic Vitamins. They are now on Catholic Vitamin B for blooming. If you've ever listened to Lisa Hendy's Catholic Moments podcast, an excellent podcast, uh, she plays uh, the song at the beginning uh, entitled Blooming. And uh, the artist who sings that, Teresa Smith, is interviewed by uh, Deacon Tom and Dee Fox on the latest episode of Catholic Vitamins. Check it out. Catholic Under the Hood, Father uh, Seraphim, uh, put out a new one this past week. He talks about uh, Father... Jerion Carl Goldman, a Franciscan seminarian who was ordered to enlist in the German army, and he struggles to remain faithful to his church and country, both as an officer in the Wehrmacht and later in Hitler's Waffen-SS. Very interesting story about the about this father um, and uh, converting to the, or becoming a priest. So that's Catholic Under the Hood. And just a Catholic dad, number 61, about that tornado. Uh, he looks back at Christmas, uh, the tornado hits. Don't worry, it's not a meteorological phenomenon he's talking about. It's a different type of tornado. And how do we react when our children begin to question their faith and lots of other feedback? Uh, Catholic foodie, Jeff Young, he talks mm-hmm. about Louisiana oysters. Tell us about that. <clears throat> well, um, you know, I've, I've had oysters on the brain for quite a while now. Uh, actually, <laughs> just before Christmas. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> it's the time of the year, you know. I mean, uh, it, it's, 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 the weather's cool or cold, depending on the day down here. And uh, it's just, it's, I don't know, something about the weather changing and, and Christmas time. Because there are a lot of traditional dishes that we serve uh, for Thanksgiving and Christmas down here uh, that involve seafood, of course. Uh, we're, we're right here on the Gulf. But oysters in particular, oyster dressing for, uh, for Thanksgiving, seafood gumbo at Christmas. And uh, so I recount uh, some of the, the truth about oysters and some of the history on that last episode uh, and also dispel some myths, one being the R-month myth. 
Oh, really? That oysters, raw oysters are only safe to eat with during the months with an R in it. So that's a myth. And it's, it's a myth. And not only is it a myth, but this was made known by the Department of the Interior back in, I think it was 1964. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll tell you something, Joe. I love oysters, especially raw oysters. But since, I guess, about the last... 15 years, maybe not quite that long. I have not eaten any because there was a dude in my neighborhood uh, where we used to live. Uh, he was like 40 years old, and he ate a bad oyster, and he died of some kind of toxin that was in it. Now, maybe he was just sensitive to it. Maybe he already had some kind of a allergic uh, propensity or something toward whatever it is in oysters and other shellfish that uh, you got to be careful about, but... I know that, well, I think both Steve and Maria, don't you guys have, um, or I know Steve, you have a, a, an allergic reaction to uh, shellfish, right? Yeah. I don't know if that includes oysters because I can't stand to look at them, smell no. them, or watch them. I love them. them. <laughs> it's like swallowing phlegm. <laughs> it is I not. I just, I, there was somebody eating them at the restaurant the other day, and I was like, I had to turn away. <laughs> Jeff, 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 what is wrong with these people? I don't know. Hey, I grew up in the middle of the country. <laughs> well, you know, and Jeff, uh, you got to listen to the latest Catholic foodie where he talks about this, but he uh, worked as a bartender, and he wasn't very keen about oysters either until he tried them. That's true. That's true. Did you was... chew them? Um, no. I mean, it's best not to. Well, it's, I mean... See, it's best not to when any description of food is Wait a minute. not to chew it. But unless, unless, I mean, you know, fried oysters, of course, you would chew those. I but, chew, uh, I chew uh, raw ones. What's wrong with that? Really? Yeah. Wow. Man, to me, texture is such a part of food that if it's slimy, I can't eat it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of fun to like just swish it around in your mouth, but I wouldn't actually chew it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm getting sick. Now, my my favorite way of eating a, a raw oyster is since this is uh, this is such a, a, a fun talking about this with Steve um, is. With a little bit of Tabasco or some kind of a hot sauce uh, on top of it, and then a little bit of lemon, uh, either before or after or both. How do you do it, Jeff? Like a shot of tequila? Yeah. When I first, and I will say this. Oh, I'm confusing it with tequila. Never mind. In in retrospect, I I will say this. Um, When I first started eating oysters, I would chew them because I always ate them with crackers. And a lot of people do that. They'll... Mm -hmm. They have a... a, You make a sauce, a cocktail sauce or something. Uh, Usually it's uh, ketchup... Um, horseradish, which I love horseradish and, you know, the more, the, the merrier, uh, more, the better and, uh, lemon and Tabasco or some other kind of hot sauce. And you mix that up in a little cup or something and, uh, put a little dab on, on the oyster. And I mean, the way I started, I'd put a dab on the oyster, then take that oyster with a cocktail fork and put it onto a cracker and then put it in my mouth and, and eat it. But the way that I have evolved, right, I've, I've gotten to where, um, I will put the cocktail sauce on the oyster in the shell and then just, with the shell, just dump it right into my mouth. So there's no crackers. Slurp it on down. Just, just all that slimy goodness. Yeah, it's wonderful. But, you know, you're talking about the evolution of eating something as if you have to work your way up to something. You know, that's just too much trouble. Well, that's the same thing with beer, food. right? Beer uh, is an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, scotch is an acquired taste. Cigars is an that's a, that's an acquired taste. Wine. So yeah, you got to work your way up 
with that. I mean, you start out with beer, you start out with something terrible like Coors Light. It's like water. And <laughs> you move your way up to something good like an Abita beer or maybe a Guinness or something like that, you know? Uh, well, so I would say I, I have a certain respect for people that can eat oysters because – I, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't see myself doing it, but I do. I do appreciate those that have the guts to do it. <laughs> well, I, I tell you this, and and you know, one of the things I talk about in that episode, and you have to try these at some point, are char grilled oysters. There's a restaurant in in Metairie, Louisiana, right outside of New Orleans. Uh, it's famous for these oysters. It's called Drago's, and uh, it's got a butter sauce. It's got uh, Parmesan Romano cheese, parsley, little garlic, uh, lemon. All of that, but it's char grilled, like actually on a grill. They cook those uh, those oysters with that sauce on top, and though I mean they're just it's just out of this world. So they're not raw, and they're not really as when they're cooked, they're not really slimy. Um, well, well, to, to be different. fair, I, I I wouldn't I don't I've eaten fried oysters before. I just don't like. Well, I'm not a fan of sushi very much either. I'll eat it, but only some kinds. Yeah. Just because hmm. of the slime thing. So I'd try that. I, if you cooked that for me, I would try it. If it wouldn't kill me, yeah, we'd have to. We'll have to figure out a way to do that. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I know a way to get Maria to eat oysters. We'll just shoot some tequila, and then uh, we'll get her in the in the right no, like, frame of mind. Like Steve, I'm I'm allergic to uh, I'm allergic to shellfish, and I tend to stay away from other things, mm-hmm. from mollusks too. <sighs> Don't be so shellfish. I. Uh, I Once you have an allergy like that, you don't know what's going to kill you. Yeah, you don't not. know what's. I like to. I like we can to always stay hope, alive. though. We can always hope. Anyway, so if you want to learn more about uh, oysters, check out Jeff Young's Catholic Foodie Podcast. Well, now we were talking about Mardi Gras coming up here and Ash Wednesday, the twenty second of February. Um, Mardi Gras Day, Fat Tuesday. What? What exactly, we talked about this in, in years past, but just as a reminder to everybody, uh, where did that name come from, Fat Tuesday? Um, well, it, it comes from the fact that, you know, way back when, before refrigeration and everything else, um, Lent is a time of abstinence and fasting, and so there's certain things that couldn't be eaten. And, you know, back, back in the day, uh, before we got all pastoral, uh, Lent was actually harder than it is today. You know, I mean, we, you couldn't eat meat at all. Uh, or meat products. And so what they would do is uh, they had to get rid of it all or throw it out. So they'd have a big feast, big, big feasts uh, on the day, Mardi Gras day. And uh, Fat Tuesday, that's what, that's what it was all about, eating all the stuff then. That, and, of course, you know, there's a human element there. It's not all, oh, we have a duty and responsibility not to waste any food, so let's eat it all up now. It's more like Man, I'm gonna be without this for a while, so I'm gonna enjoy it right now. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's not all holiness going on here. It's it's very very human and, and and probably selfish and gluttonous and everything else. But that's where the name came from. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to find a reason for a party if you want to have a party. That's, that's true, right. <laughs> especially in New Orleans. I I spent this a little bit. Uh, I spent a little time in New Orleans when I was uh, first hired by Delta. I mean Acme. And uh, a couple months down there, and uh, it's like the biggest small town I've ever lived in because the people down there will party at the drop of a hat. It doesn't matter what the occasion is. They'll, they're, they're in for a party. And it seems like everybody down there knows everybody else. Right. It does. It does. And um, there's a famous expression, you know, how's your mom and them? 
And uh, <laughs> I don't know how you would spell that out, but how's your mom and them? And, and it's referring to your mama and her family, you know, all your family. Uh, but it's, it's just how your mom and them. And, you know, it does seem that way. A lot of people just we know each other. I don't know. I guess we party so much we, we know each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't go into that detail. <laughs> this is a family show. Well, it's either no, you but know, we could learn something you know, from that. Or you know friends of, of, of the family or you know, you, your mamas went to high school together or something. You know, it, there's always like a connection it seems like. You know, it, it's a fact actually now that I think about it. Louisiana is the, the state in the country – that has the largest population of Louisianians living here. And in other words, we tend, I mean, Katrina did something to us, but we tend not to move away. We like being here. And I think that has a lot to do with it. We're all, since we're statistically speaking, not moving away, then there's a greater chance that you're going to know either that person or somebody that person knows. Mm. Yeah. I love it down there. The food is just amazing. I mean, that's the best place to live, and I think in the country uh, for food is uh, down where you live, Jeff. And so that's but, happens to work out really well for you, being the Catholic foodie. It does. It does. It's funny. I've, I've run across two quotes, and um, I thought they were very, very funny. Uh, a couple of months ago, I, Alton Brown from Food Network was down in New Orleans signing his um, latest cookbook, Good Eats 3. And it was the second time we had gone to see him and to get a book signed and all, and he – he gave a little speech, a little talk, and, and answered questions and all that before the, uh, the, the actual signing. And uh, he said this. He said, when it comes to food in the United States, there's, there's three places, three food meccas, New York, New Orleans, and Las Vegas. And Las I, Vegas? I was kind of, Las, Las Vegas. He's, he's, he said that because all of these um, famous celebrity chefs have restaurants in Las Vegas now. I guess, you know, because of the casinos and everything else. Hmm. So I thought that was very interesting. He had a lot to say about that and, and why that was, but I was really impressed by that. Then I just read a quote the other day. This was from Mark Twain. He said, uh, when it comes to food in the United States, there are three places. <laughs> New York, New Orleans, and San Francisco. He said, Every, everywhere else is Cleveland. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, Samuel Clemens. Uh, he's a smart Not making guy, a lot of friends there. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but I, I, I loved it. I thought it was hysterical. Oh, sure, because you're in one of the three cities. I'm, I'm in one of the three cities. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the funnest of the three. <laughs> It's time for the picks of the week. Now, who wants to go first? Crickets. Oh, you know, how about girls first? Uh, all right, I'll go first. Okay, Steve. But I'm not a girl, though, so well, Maria, you can go first. No, you can go. <laughs> okay, my pick of the week is something I found on the internet just this morning. And so, you know, the, the game uh, that everybody plays called Words with Friends. Are you mm -hmm. familiar with that game? It's sort of like Scrabble-like trademark, trademark. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so there was this couple in Missouri that were that were playing with these people in Australia. It's one of these, you know, they just random, they just happened to start playing with these people they didn't know. 
And it turns out that uh, you can chat back and forth with people. You know, they have like a chat feature inside the game. And the woman in Australia was telling the woman in Missouri that her husband was having some health issues and she started describing the symptoms. Well, the woman's husband in Missouri is a doctor and he recognized the symptoms as a serious heart problem and uh, urged them to uh, urge the Australian man to go to the hospital and it ended up that they saved his life. Wow. Yeah. So it's uh, so my pick of the week is, you know, uh, talk to your friends when you play games. <laughs> hmm. Well, Maria, Where's it's going to be interesting friends? to figure out how to put that as a pick of the week. Uh, no. Talk to your friends. Talk to your friends. You can just link to the article. All right. There's the article. Yeah, he sent me the article. That's hilarious. No, but you know what? I think that that's not a rare thing that people on. Um, have been using new, new, uh, I guess, social media to uh, to communicate in desperation and other things too, right? Sure. Call the cops. Yeah, I mean, I've had the, the you know, it was like if if I were to get stranded somewhere uh, or something, you know, and all I could do was send out a tweet, you know, that, that mm-hmm. potentially could save your life. You save know? you. Words with friends. Play words with friends. It could save your life. Endorsed by Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I figures you would be the one to say it too, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I blame Maria for my recent addiction to words with friends. <laughs> oh, me? No way. I'm getting where where is Mike Kuypers? I am getting profoundly beat by this man again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who wants to go next? Jeff? Uh my pick of the week is um Sarah Reinhardt's new book. Uh, she's got a new book. It's coming out. Not out yet. I think it doesn't come out till April. And you can't even pre-order it yet. However, she just announced the other day that uh, on Facebook that the, uh, the cover art is done. And she put a picture of that up on Facebook at, um, I don't know, Sarah Reinhardt. Everybody knows Sarah Reinhardt, right? Who? I mean, I don't need to explain. Well, Jeff, I, I should have mentioned this before you got on the show, but we're, we're, we've officially banned her from... Any mention on Catholic Weekend? Oh, no, don't do that. She's I'm just gonna, Don't do that. <laughs> we love She's Sarah. A sensitive. In woman. fact, really? No. She's no. sensitive. No, come on, Sarah. She's if you're gonna... listening, you need to be on the show. Call me. Her merry moments. That's right. Merry moments. Plug moment. her merry moments. Yes. Merry in the kitchen. kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's also got a, a, a merry uh, segment on the uh, Chesterton podcast too. Oh, really? Yeah. So she's all over the place, man. I mean, it's unreal. She's got a, a, a book. She's got a, a couple of books or smaller books that were for um, kind of like kids and meditations and, and activities and all that for Easter and Lent. And, of course, she's got one for Advent. And she's got this new book. It's, it's going to be published by um, Pauline Books and Media. It's called Catholic Family Fun, A Guide for the Adventure, Adventurous, Overwhelmed, Creative, or Clueless. I'd fall into the clueless uh, section there that would be my uh, my spot on the <laughs> um but it, the, the cover art is fantastic i mean this is just a great looking book i'm very excited about it um i had a, a short conversation with sarah the other day and I, I was just i can't wait to order my copy so the pre-order should be coming out or, or at least available to order online or something uh, pretty soon and i know that i will uh, certainly uh tweet that out and 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 facebook it and put it on catholicfoodie.com everything i can do to to help spread the the word of this this awesome book so catholic family fun 
A Guide for the Adventurous, Overwhelmed, Creative, or Clueless by Sarah Reinhardt. It sounds like the Miss Sarah Reinhardt Puri Bingle is giving Lisa Handy a run for the money. It does, huh? <laughs> There's Which only is hard one diva. I know. Lisa's, well, she's got her running shoes on, you know? <laughs> Maria. That's awesome. Well, I have... I have a pick of the week and then something that I'm just going to post because it made me laugh. But my pick of the week is new newevangelizers.com, which um, uh, is an exciting new initiative that Greg and Jennifer Willits have put together, kind of bundling all of the stuff that they're doing together under one um, big umbrella called new evangelizers and so you can go there you can still find rosary army there you can find the catholics next door you can find um that catholic show and uh it's just an exciting way to kind of bring the whole community together um and and have and have have us meet each other you know a lot of people have followed different aspects of their ministries and now this is just one centralized location to uh to continue with the good word very good. And my pick of the week, and I've mentioned this organization in the past, and uh, specifically their iPhone and iPad apps, but I want to mention the actual website this week. And I know that they're uh, a sponsor of your show, Jeff, uh, divineoffice.org. That's right. Uh, Dane um, is a good friend of SQPN and uh, of mine as well. Uh, divineoffice.org, the cool thing about this this apostolate, this ministry, is that you do not have to buy an iPhone app or an iPad app to take advantage of what they do. You can go to the uh, divineoffice.org, and you can actually, I think, find their podcasts on iTunes as well. But for instance, right now, if you go to divineoffice.org, it has January 14th, uh, the all the um, readings of the day, the uh, office of readings, morning prayer, daytime prayer, etc., uh, right there for free. You can just hit the play button and listen to it, and they have a great community. They are uh, winners of the uh, Reader's Choice Award uh, from about.com, also the best Catholic website slash podcast, and the best Catholic iPhone slash iPhone a- iPad app for 2011. So they've won all kinds of awards. They're doing great work. Um, check it out. And, it's, and I use the iPhone app all the time because it's my way of trying to be, you know, praying more during the daytime, especially the Office of Readings. For me, that's the, the best one of the bunch because it usually has an excerpt from uh, the Fathers of the Church or the, or the Catechism or some encyclical uh, from, our, from our popes. So check out divineoffice.org. You'll be glad you did. And before we move on, I need to play the Catholic Roundup report for this week. And it re, it's in regard to some bishops who have recently been honored with the uh, the title of cardinal. And so let me click this button here and we'll take a listen. Hello, it's Sean McGahey with your Catholic Roundup report. On January 6th, Traditionally, the 12th day of Christmas or the Feast of the Epiphany, the Holy Father announced that he was appointing 22 new cardinals. Three of those new cardinals were from North America. Archbishop Timothy Dolan of the Archdiocese of New York City, Archbishop Edwin O'Brien 
the Pro Grand Master of the Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem and also the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and Archbishop Thomas Collins, my own Archbishop of the Archdiocese of Toronto. All three of these Archbishops have been very influential in the North American Church and they have also been effectively using new media to spread the Gospel. Archbishop Dolan is the head of the Church in New York, but also the head of the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, and he does a weekly show called A Conversation with the Archbishop, which you can hear on Thursdays at 12 o'clock Eastern Time, and it's also rebroadcast Saturdays and Sundays. Archbishop Dolan has a blog, blog blog.archny.org, He also posts his homilies on the Archdiocesan website. The Archdiocese of Baltimore hosts Archbishop O'Brien's talks and homilies on the Archdiocesan website, which you can find at archbalt.org. I first met my Archbishop Thomas Collins about two decades ago when he was rector of the seminary in London, Ontario. He's since moved on to become a bishop and then archbishop, but he's always had that teacher's heart to him. You can find his blogs, homilies, and speeches on the Archdiocese of Toronto website at archtoronto.org. He also does a monthly Lectio Divina at the Cathedral, where he really expands on different themes in Scripture and really prays upon it. The Archdiocese posts audio and video of his Lectio Divina sessions. You can find that at archtoronto.org slash lectio slash index.htm. I know it's a great honor for all three of these archbishops to be chosen to be cardinals, but also it's really encouraging to know that members of the hierarchy of the church are using new media to spread the gospel. Thank you, Sean, the duct tape guy, for that update, and congratulations to those new cardinals in North America. Okay, is it time for me to play the crickets again? No, no, no. Okay, I thought thought maybe I'd forgotten to unmute you guys. Oh, I just thought you were being rhetorical. (laughs) (laughs) So I alluded to some kind of link that I had for you guys. Yeah. Today, in... uh, in, in a blog called Southern Fried Catholicism, and it's it, I saw the link on uh, in New Advent. I love that name. T- yeah, right. Today is the feast of the ass. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to have to edit this darn thing, Maria. <laughs> no, no. Father Joe posted a hilarious um, little little tribute tribute to um, some of the things from uh, our medieval history that. Uh, that you guys can read about. It's cute. Southern Fried Catholicism? Mm-hmm. All right. We'll check that it's out. It's cute. Its little tagline is, Peace be with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> a view of Catholicism and life from a Southern perspective. And with y'all spirit. And with y'all spirit. <laughs> and also have... with y'all spirit. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we actually have a priest who says stuff like that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the Lord be with y'all. And with the new with the new changes in the translation, it completely throws me off. Oh no! Does he say in the consecration given for y'all? Oh no! I 
No. Gosh, I'll, now I'll ha- now I'll have to listen more closely. I don't, I don't go I don't go to his his parish very often. But, uh-huh. but yeah, <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, you know what? It's time for us to wrap up the show. So, Jeff, thanks for coming on and updating us with uh, what's happening with you. Now, I know that in addition to your great um, apostolate of uh, cooking and tying it in with our Catholic faith, you also uh, do some other work, some consulting work for folks. Tell us a little bit about that before we go. Uh, yeah, I do uh, web development and uh, websites basically for, for businesses and uh, do some consulting for other folks who have blogs and things like that. Uh, you can find out more about what I do on that end of the internet spectrum over at jeffyoung.me. That's my um, my business site, jeffyoung.me. It's all about you, isn't it? It's all about me. Yeah. Well, someone took jeffyoung.com, and I, I thought, you know, I, well, I could always hire a hitman, but that, that was, it's, it's, it's offensive yeah. and morally unacceptable. So I figured I'd just go with jeffyoung.me. Well, very good. So check it out. If you have a, a <laughs> blog or a website you want to develop, uh, give the business to Jeff. And uh, the Catholic Foodie, uh, an excellent uh, affiliate podcast of SQPN. And uh, I always enjoy listening to that. And uh, you can find that at catholicfoodie.com. And uh, if we wanted to, again, you we mentioned it at the beginning of the show, your Twitter and Facebook IDs are... Uh, it's, well, Twitter, it's, it's Catholic Foodie, mm-hmm. uh, and Facebook is facebook.com slash Catholic Foodie. Okay, you make it easy. How about, uh, are you on the uh, Google Plus bandwagon as well? I am. I'm on Google Plus. I think you have to search for me, though. I, okay. don't, I don't think I have a, uh, the URL is not a, a vanity URL, so it's just uh, on Google Plus, just search for the Catholic Foodie and I'll pop up. All right, very good. Thanks for, uh, for joining us today, Jeff. Uh, let's see. Maria, another cup of coffee. Sir, still at bageljohnson.com. Very good. You can read about my adventures with the alarm. Oh, okay. boy. <laughs> <laughs> you can friend me on Facebook and uh, follow me on Twitter, at Bego, B-E-G-O. Very good. Steve. Yes. You can have a look at my blog, everythingestabon.com. And uh, you can look at the recent OCD experience I had with a can of soup that I posted <laughs> over there. Okay. <laughs> oh, but hey, um, if you happen to he- hear this episode this weekend, this weekend of January 14th, say a prayer for the uh, the young adults in our diocese that are uh, gathering for a tech retreat this weekend, Together Encounter Christ. And uh, I-, I have a very small part to play on Sunday evening, but... Um, um, it's a great retreat experience for young adults, well, like high school seniors and college students. And uh, um, so, say a little prayer for them. So, are they learning how to do some things using technology? No, not oh. that kind of tech. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> when I think of tech, I think of this kind of stuff. Okay, very good. So, check out uh, everythingesteban.com and pray for those folks um, over in Steve's diocese. Yes. And uh, I'm the Catholic pilot and also the airline pilot guy. And you can find me, uh, the easiest thing to do, just go to catholicpilot.com. Just uh, uh, put a new theme up for the Catholic pilot site. So check that out and let me know what you think of it. And uh, if you like it, I'll convert the the other site to it as well. So nothing new. Haven't had a new podcast out. Been kind of busy, but I hope to have one out this week. And uh, until next time, there's the uh, window. Was that Windows? 
No, that was Words with Friends. Who's playing with Words with Friends right now, Steve? <laughs> I believe you caused that, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. People are so bored with this show. The, the hosts are actually playing games. While Multitasking. Yeah, multitasking. Besides, you were talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> are you guys still awake? Hello. <laughs> that's that's what happens when I'm talking. People go to sleep. All right. Well, that's okay. Um, until next time, uh, we hope you have a great week. Take care and God bless. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.